much. Man, oh man. Well, if you've got your Bibles, I'd like you to hold them for a moment. We're going we're gonna to get into this. <clears throat> oh, it kind of broke on you, fam? You just gotta, if you just push it down, it'll, it'll go back in. Uh, we're going to continue our series on decont- our, our huh? Everybody's watching Marcel. There he is. He's having a good time down there. <clears throat> uh, but we're, we're doing a series on smashing stupid mindsets. And uh, so last week we kicked it off talking about I got to get from God and this works mentality and that I have to earn it in order to get it. And that is, that is Old Testament. That's Old Covenant mindset. And we're part of this New Covenant based on better promises between God and Jesus. And I'm in Christ, so I get everything that Jesus got. So if you haven't, I'm not going to get into that, so I would highly encourage you. Uh, you can actually go on the website. You can watch it on our podcast and hear it. Make sure you come and just get a hold of that because it will be beneficial for you. And this morning, we're going to be talking about money is my source and smashing that mindset. Talking about finances because that's, that's a big deal. And, uh, but just before we get into this, this, this year, this focus for us as a church family is decontaminate. Everybody say decontaminate. decontaminate. Oh, man, decontaminate. What does decontaminate mean? It simply means to remove dangerous substances from an area. Right? And so this is what the Lord said to us as a family. Sure. <laughs> That'll do. Let me just... Uh, there we go. All right. And what the Lord has been saying to us, He said, I am. Say, I am. Now this is God talking. I am removing blockages and clutter through clarity of my word and a yielding to my spirit so that you can walk closely with me. You know, sometimes, I mean, what you're experiencing of God right now is great, but did you know there's another level? There's more to your walk with God than just what you've been experiencing. That's the good news. So it can only get better from here. But sometimes what's blocking the better is certain mindsets that we have, certain thoughts that we carry. If you look in Luke chapter 15, I mean, we know the story to be the prodigal son. And, uh, you know, the prodigal son, the youngest brother, he went to the father and said, Father, give me my inheritance. Give me everything that belongs to me, and I'm taking it. He got it, and what did he do? He ran away with it. He lived uh, pretty brutal. He lived in the world, had a bunch of just riotous living. And all of a sudden, he got, there was a big famine in the land once he lost all of his money, spent all of his money. He got so hungry that he actually looked and begged a farmer to hire him to go feed the pigs. And, you know, for a Jewish man, that is extremely offensive, right, to go feed the pigs. And so there he is living with the pigs, feeding pigs, laying with pigs. And when he's at his lowest, lowest moment in his life, what the Bible says in Luke 15, verse 7, he says, he came to himself. What is that? A thought came to him. He had a thought that came back and he said, man, even the servants that live in my father's house live better than this. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go and apologize to my dad. Paul, I've sinned against God. I've sinned against my dad. And what I'm going to do, I'm going to come back and just be as a hired servant. So he comes running back and he starts walking back. And all of a sudden, while he's there, he's getting his I'm sorry speech ready to go. And what happens? The father sees him. How far? A long distance off. And what's, his, what, what's the father doing? Idiot. Finally, you're showing back. And I thought so. No, what does he do? He runs towards him. Mom, some Bible, uh, the Amplified really clears out. He grabs him, lays hold of him, and starts kissing him continuously. Why? Because he's so excited that his son is back. Now, just think about this for your own mindset. So what we're talking about here, this is not just a passive thing, God wanting to be close with you. It's very intense. Now, I like intensity. 
Don't make me get intense. He loves the, he's enthusiastic about it. He, it drives him. So when God says, I'm removing blockages, don't kind of think of it, oh, we're just getting rid of a little bit of junk. No, he looks at it and goes, this is a blockage between me and my kid. I want it out. And so he's working with us to show us what's holding some things back. What's some mindsets that are holding things back from a true intense relationship that God wants with you and I, right? So when we're going into this, I want you to look at it like this isn't just a, oh, you know, we're talking about finances. and you know, No, he's looking at going, this is what's holding you back. We need to get this right. We got to put money in its proper place. So that's what we're going to talk about this morning. Okay, we're cool. We can chest bump. We're all good. Okay. Okay. So money is my source. That's what we're smashing. And what does source mean? The definition of source, real simply, in the dictionary says, a place, a person or thing from which something comes. Now, the Joel Dictionary just simply means a place I want to, a place I go to get what I need. Where do I go to get what I need? Right? Where do you go to get what you need? Now, even just naturally speaking, in your own home, when you got a heater, you got, you know, a furnace, those things all have sources. Right? When you plug in your toaster to make toast, you plug it in, right? It all goes, you got to go to the source. Now, this light here, as you can see that Marcel so nicely and coolly set up, uh, right here, this thing, right, this, this lamp that I got right here, apart from a source, is, is useless, right? But the moment I plug this thing in, let me just, uh, you know, just plug it, plug it back in and, oh, oh, oh. <clears throat> now what's happened? This thing has become useful. Its original intent for why it was built and created is now working. Right? It's, it's there. I mean, you, you purchased not this lamp because it's obviously broken now, but you purchased lamps in your home for the betterment of your home. So you get light. It actually looks pretty in your home. You purchase it. Right? If it did not work, why would you even buy it? What's the point of even having it? Right? Well, you and I, our life is exactly like this cord. You and I, we have a choice. Every time we wake up, where am I plugging into? Where am I going into? What's my source? Where am I going to get what I need? Right? This is your life. So everybody look at this thing right here, right? We're clear. This cute little piece of plastic is our life. Here it is. And right now you have and I have a choice every day, every moment, every situation that comes our way to choose where we're connecting to. What is our source? And there's a numerous of different places where you can choose from, but there's only one that we should be connecting to. Now, when do problems rise or the results are not experienced for the lamp is when it's disconnected from its source. Like, I mean, I could take this, I could try smashing it into the wall over there. I could try poking it into Marcel. I could just try stabbing it in there. Is that going to get the results that this light was created for? No. Well, it's the same thing for you in my life. Seeing results, if we try plugging it into anything outside of God, we're not going to see the proper results. We may find fulfillment for a little bit, enjoyment for a little bit, but are we going to see the true lasting results that we desire and originally God intended for us to create and be part of? No. So we got to plug into the proper place. We say plug in. Plug in. You know that you know that nasty fish. You know you've seen those commercials. Plug it in, plug it in. He's a stinky fish, and it's one of those you know home sensors. You just kind of plug in, and the fish is kind of laying on there. It's like oh, he smells better now. You make a fish smell better. Anyways, <clears throat> but the moment that this lamp's cord is disconnected from the source is when it no longer functions properly giving off light in your home. The light begins to be useless to its original purpose. <clears throat> and lastly, if you try connecting it anywhere else, it will not operate. It's designed to be placed in an outlet that has electrical currents flowing. 
So as I said, the same is true for your and my life. The moment we disconnect from our true source, which is God, and into something else, such as money, such as relationships, such as drugs, alcohol, sex, even work, you disconnect, you just start plugging into that, is the moment that we stop seeing godly results in our life and the original purpose for which we were created is off. Now this morning we are going to be talking about money specifically. And the moment that you disconnect from God, our original source, and into money, your decisions will be off. Number one. Number two, your thinking will be off. You, and as a result, how you view life is off according to the original purpose of our life. Now you start operating like the world. So it's interesting how we, if we plug into money, right away our mindset is going to be off. Because what we're doing, I'm going to just, just for this purpose, I don't have... Uh, my wallet with me, but this is what God is asking us to do right here. Plug in to him, into his word. Now what's going to happen when I'm plugged into this word, I'm going to start thinking differently. I'm going to start speaking differently. I'm going to start acting differently. My lifestyle is going to be different because I'm connected to this. But the moment that I get Colton's wallet and I start connecting into Colton's money, well, I'm going to be behaving a little differently. Oh, a couple tens, one ten, Colton. Let's go for lunch. All right. But right afterwards, if I'm, this is how I'm living my life, connected like this, again, what's going to be affected? The way I think, the way I talk, how I'm going to be operating my time, what my, what my days look like, how my hours look like. If I'm going to get four or five jobs, it's all based on this because I'm connected to this wallet. I'm connected to what the bank says. I'm connected to what my bank account says, and I'm hooked here. And as a result, I'm stuck. And that's what we're going to talk a little bit about this morning. Can I just hold on to this, Colton, for a bit? Dora, you know how much is in there? Okay. No, perfect. All right. So these are the questions that we need to answer is, where do you look when tough times come? Who is your source? Who do you look for in time of need, such as financially, for wisdom, for strength, for joy, for peace? Who are you running to and where do you hide? You know, when tough times come, sometimes it's good to know where to hide. Where are you running to? Now, before we get into this, I'm going to lay out this thing here. Just a reminder for you now that the Lord is for you. Because yeah. sometimes, you know, you people are talking about money and it's either God or it's money. And you kind of hear it's a negative spin on it. But I want you to know God is for you and your finances. He's for you. He designed for you to live a prosperous life. Jesus paid way too high of a price for you and I to be broke. And to live just barely making it. He said, John 10, 10. This is Jesus talking now. I came that you may have life in abundance. To the full. Till what? Till it overflows. So he's interested in you being blessed. Why? So that other people go, how are you doing all this? Say, hey, I got to show you my shepherd. He's real good. He takes care of all my needs. And not only my needs, he's also allowing me to be a vessel to help you out. Yeah. Think about that. Man, you all of a sudden, you I mean, we're just kind of thinking, I'm just trying to get my, pay off my monthly bills and all this. What if you not only paid off those, but you also paid off your neighbors? Why not? There's no limit to it. Not only that, well, you have the two doors down. Pretty soon you got your whole block. Why not? Who told you that you can't? Just have to throw that in there. Okay. So now, my Bible fell. Here we go. Now I want you to look at Romans chapter 8. Let's just turn here for a moment. Romans 8, verse 31 through 39. Reading from the New Living, it says, What shall we say about such wonderful things as these? If God is for us, who could ever be against us? Now, I'm just giving you a reminder that God is for you. Yeah. Right? He's not against you. He's completely for you. Yeah. Since he... Now, uh, listen, hear this. 
Since God did not spare even His own Son, but gave Him up for us all, won't He also give us everything else? Who dares accuse us whom God has chosen for His own? No, no one. For God Himself has given us right standing with Himself. Who then will condemn us? No one. I mean, he's asking a question. Who's going to condemn you? Nobody. For Christ Jesus died for us and was raised to life for us, and he is sitting in the place of honor at God's right hand, pleading for us. Can anything ever separate us from Christ's love? Does it mean he no longer loves us if we have trouble or calamity or are persecuted or hungry or destitute or in danger or threatened with death? As the scriptures say, for your sake we are killed every day. We are being brought as slaughter to the, like sheep. No, despite all these things, overwhelming victory is ours through Christ who loved us. And I'm convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow, not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, nothing in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Man, Paul just went on a whole tangent there. Man, he got excited. Nothing can separate you. If God is for you, who can be against you? No one. He's for your finances. He's for you. And in fact, Isaiah 48, 17, it says this, Thus saith the Lord, thy Redeemer, the Holy One of Israel, I am the Lord thy God, which teaches you to profit. Who is he? He's the God that teaches you to profit. How many know how to profit? I don't really know, but God knows, and he's willing to teach me. So he looks at you and go, hey, son, daughter, come here. Let me show you how to make it. Let me show you how to live godly. Let me show you how to be rich in this life. You know, Proverbs 10, verse 38, it says that uh, the blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he adds no sorrow with it. Now here, the blessing of the Lord, it makes you rich. It makes you rich. People are trying, if I can only get more, if I can, maybe if I had seven jobs, I could really make things work and, that's not it. The blessing of the Lord, it makes you rich and it adds no sorrow with it. Man, it's awesome. And so who is he? He's the God that teaches you and I to profit. Now, I love this. This is from the message uh, paraphrase. In Matthew chapter 11, again, I'm just showing you God is for you. Matthew 11, verse 25. Jesus broke into prayer saying this. Thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You've concealed your ways from sophisticates and know-it-alls but spelled them out clearly to ordinary people. I remember hearing this, Smith Wigglesworth always said this, that God doesn't talk to smart people, meaning pe that people that think they know it all. Right? The moment you think you know it all, listen, the Holy Spirit starts, stops talking. But if you come in and say, Lord, teach me, show me how to do this, what happens? He is an open book, and He will show you how to do it. Then Jesus continued, Yes, Father, that's the way you like to work. So notice how He works. So if you just come to Him and say, Lord, before I get my 18th job, I'm asking you, show me what do I need to be doing differently. And that's why you're here this morning. Okay, that is really small, so I'm going to... Jesus resumed talking to the people, but now tenderly. The Father has given me all these things to do and to say. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the son the way the father does, nor the father the way the son does. But I'm not keeping it to myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. Are you tired, worn out, burnt out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me. And you'll recover your life. You'll recover it. Man, living for money is will take you out. 
It'll burn you out. It'll leave you exhausted. And not only that, but it'll cause you to live ways that you don't even appreciate. Your values are completely gone. Some of you, my, my, my family is valued to me. Yet working this job and trying to get these finances is actually keeping you from doing that. That's not right. So he's saying, come and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced. 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 Say it with me. Unforced. unforced. Rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me. And you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Man. That's what we're all looking for. To live freely and lightly. When you got eight jobs, it's not living freely and lightly. If you're living just month by month trying to make things work out and hopefully I can make this happen, that's not living freely and lightly. Now some of you are walking in the blessing of God and that's wonderful. There's another level. He still wants us to live freely and lightly. doesn't mean we just, oh yeah, we're, we're so comfortable with where we are. That's not what we're talking about. And now we're going to get into the nitty gritty of it. All right? Okay, Luke chapter 16. Here we go. Because you know what? I always found this, especially when you're... Anytime you want to minister to people, and this is on the job, or you're talking to a neighbor or a friend, the best thing that you can do is always reveal the God side first. Because the moment you start revealing to people what they need to be doing, then right away they start thinking, okay, I, now there's works. I have to now do this in order to... Okay, see this happen in my life. i got to act like this. But if we show what God has already done first... That makes your and my side extremely easy in just simply believing in what he's done. Right? So God is for you. He's not against you. He teaches you to profit. If you're, if you're burnt out on religious, burnt out on this whole trying to make things work, come to me, Jesus said. I'll show you how to live a free and good life. I'll show you how to do that. So this is what he's all into. This is what it's all about. And so what we're doing this morning is we're just taking heed to that call. He's saying, come. We say, okay, here we are. We're coming in. So we're going to go through this word and just hear what the Lord wants to say to us and get it just solid in us. Yeah. Right? Because I had to get reminded about it. I, I mean, I remember the Lord's teaching a little bit about this to me in March. Man, it, it opened up my eyes and I want to continue to go this way because this is it. So Luke chapter 16, verse 10. If you are faithful in these little things, you will be faithful in large ones. But if you are dishonest in little things, you won't... Sorry, if you are dishonest in the little things, you won't be honest with the greater responsibilities. And if you are untrustworthy about worldly wealth, who will trust you with the true riches of heaven? So let me just stop right here. It talks about money is looked at as a small thing. Who's speaking? In your Bible, what color are the words? Red. Jesus just said that money is a small thing. And if we can't be faithful with the small things such as money... He said, who can I put in charge then of the true riches of heaven? <laughs> Listen, we're talking about just a little bit of money. He's talking about the true riches of heaven. So there's plenty more where that came from. Okay. And if you are not faithful with another person's things, why should you be trusted with things of your own? Now here it is. No one, say no one. No one can serve two masters. For you will hate one and love the other. You will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money. Now, I, I, I don't know about you, but I think it's so interesting that God didn't say you can't choose, you cannot serve both God and the devil. <laughs> Listen, people don't want to serve the devil when they get to know him. <laughs> right? Does anybody here want to serve the devil? 
No. So what's the competition between? God and money. It's just he, that's what he put himself in competition with. So you're in my life is going to be tested along these lines. Am I serving God or am I serving finances? Am I serving money? The way that the message uh, <laughs> paraphrased it, I like it like this at the end. Uh, he said, no one can serve two bosses. He'll either hate the first and love the second or adore the first and despise the second. You can't serve both God and the bank. <laughs> so here's the thing. We might as well come to the reality in this life that you and I, we're either serving God or we're serving money. Those are the two options that you and I live in. We live in, are we serving God or are we serving money? And that's a question that you have to answer that nobody else can do but only you. In fact, I truly believe this, that you can't even have true revival without finances being involved. People are talking about, oh, we have revival broke out over here. But if there's no giving involved in it, it's not true revival. Why? I mean, you can, you can get excited about Jesus and, oh, yeah, this is amazing. But the true test comes is when he says, hey, I need you to give that away. I need you to sow that. Oh, I don't know if I can do that. That means that something still has you. Revival means I'm completely going all into something. But if money still has me, it means I'm not actually having a true revival. Seeing I'm, my, my whole heart is not invested in it. Jesus went on to say, where your treasure is, that's where your heart is also. And we're talking about an inside-out thing. So I think it's cool that you and I, we have the opportunity to actually place our heart. Huh? We can place it. Where do you want your heart to be? And this is what we're going to discuss. Okay, I'm glad you're pumped. So here is my uh, handy den. Yep. It's, uh, it's cute. But if you and I, we can just grasp this understanding. I really want you to see this, that you and I, we live our life with an apron around our waist. I've spent way too much time in the kitchen. I've got to figure out how to do that. There it is. Okay. It's tight. <laughs> I must need a bra on this thing. Okay. <laughs> okay. So here we are. You and I, we live this life with this, with this apron connected to us. Because what are we? We are servants here. This is, we're children of God. But here we, this is the thing. The call is going out. Are we serving God or are we serving finances? Now listen, God and the finances, they both got a cute little dinger, dinger bell. Ring, ring, ring. And they're both going, who are you running towards? <laughs> Sorry, this is real tight. All of a sudden, what happens is, man, you hear, man, this is an amazing work that's going on. The, the word of God is being preached all over the, the kingdom of God, or all across Canada. And it's like, oh, this is amazing. This is so good. All of a sudden, finances go, um, <clears throat> do you remember that we're going to go for lunch after service today? So maybe you want to hang on to that a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes, money. So you run over to money. Yeah, money, you, you rang, and money all of a sudden starts talking to you. I need Colton's wallet. I'm going to let you hold on to it, Colton. You be money. And all of a sudden, you know, ring, ring. Oh, yeah, uh, yes. Oh, yeah. Uh, what, what was that? We're, oh, we're doing that later. Oh, you know what? I better, I bet, yeah, credit card. Um, you know what? No, I, okay. Well, sorry. You know what, Jesus? I'm actually not able to do that. I know that's, that's going to be amazing. And man, we're going to be able to change people's lives in Canada. That's so cool. But you know what? I, I don't have a real big limit. And uh, Colton wants to take me to Fatburger after service. And I need that 20 bucks to get my chicken wings. It's not going to work. Sorry, Jesus. So just at that exact moment, it just showed that money's running my show. Oh, I serve Jesus. You can talk all day long. The proof is in the money. Where is that? Where is that thing going? 
Okay. Now, serve. I'm going to just go over the definition real quick of serve. is to work for and take orders from a superior. That's what it means to serve. Which makes you a slave to perform duties or services. So that's the definition of what that is. So the question is, as we said, who or what do you serve? You're walking around in this apron. We got money over here. My beautiful wife is going to be God. That's normally how it works. All right. So... <laughs> Either one ring. Can you just, can you ring God for a sec? It's just, all of a sudden what happens is, man, something's happening. Who am I serving? They're both ringing. Man, they're, the, the God's ringing. Money, <laughs> money's ringing. Now I'm, I'm in this place of, okay, wh what am I going to do? Where your treasure is, will your heart be also. Now listen, Jamie and I, on purpose, we have placed our heart in the kingdom of God. How do you do that? Finances. We put our finances where our heart wants to be, and that's where it is. Some people's hearts in Bower Mall. Some people's hearts in Cross Iron Mills. Some people's hearts in the Cineplex Odeon that you see. Some people's hearts in Starbucks. And what happens? Oh, I just I need I need my bucks, you know. I need my and they even got slangs for it. Man, I gotta go catch my flick and get my bucks on. And what happens? And then they come to church and it's like, oh God, another offering? Seriously? You can just see, listen, this is not a money issue, it's a trust issue. It has nothing to do with money when, it talk, when Jesus is talking. It has nothing to do with money, it has everything to do with trust. If you can't trust Jesus with the finances, how can you trust Jesus to take care of your family? It's impossible. This is the small part. Not only that, I'll even be dare to say this. If you can't trust Jesus with your finances, how can you trust Jesus to take care of your health? You're believing God for health, but at the same time, you're, you're struggling with the finances. Listen, the finances, the open door to health. If you can trust Him in that, believing God for your healing is easy. <laughs> now listen, money is a great tool. And I'm not saying that it's not interested, but money, it's vital. We need it. Thank God we have it. But we have to put money in its proper place. And what is that? It's actually not on this. I'm putting it underneath God and I'm the boss of it right. now is money your boss or are you bossing money first first Timothy chapter 6 and I just real clearly it says for the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil right. money is not evil we need money to get the gospel out across Canada across the world what is it going to take finances you've heard that over and over but what is the problem is when money we start to love it when we start to look at it and go, okay, I need, if I can only get this, this amount of cash, then I'm able to buy this car. I can get this new house. Then I, what happens then, then your, your God is that money and you're going after it. And though Jesus clearly laid out, you will love one and despise the other. I love money. And what happens to God? You actually start to despise him. When you hear an offering, you start to go, oh man. Whereas every time an, an offering, it's not an oh man. It's an opportunity for you to gain more. So can you see, if you're, if I'm, go, can you throw me your wallet again? If I'm, again, if I'm plugged into this, every time you hear money being talked about, what's happening is your mindset is off. Your thinking is off. People even said, oh, the church just wants my money. No. Jesus just wants my money. Actually, no. He's trying to get something to you. But again, if you're, if your connection is in the, what the word of God says, you're going to start seeing it differently. When you start, when God starts calling you, bring, bring, you start answering right away because you're now you're connected into the source. Now, listen, he's able to get more to you and you're able to get more out. Okay?
Are we making sense in all this? We're okay. Okay. Okay, in verse, uh, let me just finish it off, sorry. For the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. And some people craving money have wandered from the true faith and pierced themselves with many sorrows. Then in verse 17, he says, Teach those who are rich in this world not to be proud and not to trust in their money. Now, who's rich in this world? We are. So he, the, the Holy Spirit is clearly telling us, if those that are rich in this world, which is you and I, not to trust in your money. Don't trust in it. And here's the thing I also want to make mention. It's your money. People say, oh, no, it's God's money. Yeah, but he gave it to you. It's your money. Because if it was God's money, then he had full say of where it goes. It's your money. You got to choose what to do with it. But he's saying, don't trust in this money, which is so unreliable. Their trust should be in God. Who richly gives us all we need for our enjoyment. So here's the thing. You can put your trust in money and try to see things happen in your life, try to make things happen, try to get all the good stuff that you want to get. Or you can put your trust in God who gives all things to you for your enjoyment. He doesn't just give to meet your need. He gives for your enjoyment. Man, anybody enjoying life yet to this degree? I'm not. I want to get there. So what's it going to take? Me taking my trust out of this money. I'm going to unplug from this finance thing. Gonna unplug from my bank account and plug from what the bank says, and I'm gonna start plugging into what the word of God says and what is he telling me to do with it. Yeah. What's the result? He's gonna give me all things richly to enjoy. Yeah. That's his heart, that's what he longs to do. But the test is between God and money. Yeah. Man, I want to I want to walk closer with God. This could be a blockage. I'm not saying this is it, this could be one for you where you're kind of been held back and you've been the same Christian for the past 10, 5, 2. Since last year, nothing's really changed. It could be. It could be that money is actually your God where you're just, you know, trying to work things out with Jesus. And how come I'm not seeing results in my life? What's going on? How come I'm not excited about church? How come I'm, I'm having a hard time worshiping Jesus? It's because your money's in the wrong place. That's all that it is. The moment you can place your, I want to, if you're like, man, Jesus, I want a bigger heart for you. I want my heart to expand for your church, for your kingdom and what you're doing in this earth. You know what? You can do that. And it's not by praying 50 hours longer a week. You know what you can do? You start directing your money where it needs to go. That's all that it is. Because <laughs> listen, I want a heart for God. I want a heart for the kingdom of God. I want a heart to advance the church. What do I got to do? I got to start looking at my finances and saying, Jesus, what do you want done? What do you want me to do with these finances? If he's the Lord of my life, that means he's Lord of my finances. <laughs> cool. Okay. Now, choosing to serve God, which means completely trusting him in what he's asked of you, will cause you to live a free life. Matthew chapter 6, go there real quick. I have a little bit of time. But in Matthew 6, this really right here is the picture of someone who trusts God. Are you ready? 25. And Jesus said in verse 24, the same thing. You can't serve both God and money. He said, so if you're choosing to trust God, go with God. Verse 25 says, this is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. I just want to make sure we're all on the same page here. Trusting God. Now, Jesus, sorry, look at verse 24, and let's just read this again. No one can serve two masters, for you will hate one and love the other, or you will be devoted to one and despise the other. You cannot serve both God and money, so choose. 
So I don't know about you, but I'm choosing, I'm trusting God. I'm choosing to love God. So I love God and I actually don't care about what the money side. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go after him first. He calls my shots, not the money. And so making that choice, now Jesus lays out the picture of what it's going to look like for you. So he said, that is why I tell you not to worry about everyday life. How many Christians are worrying about everyday life? If they're worrying, can I just be very blunt to say is your trust is actually not in God, it's in money. That's the, that's the bottom line there. You can't sugarcoat that anyway. That's it. If you're saying, I'm, uh, I, man, I'm so worried about my life. I'm worried about my kids. I'm worried about my job. It shows that you're actually serving God, or sorry, money and not God. My job. Okay. Whether, and he said, whether you have enough food to eat, enough drink, enough clothes to wear, isn't life more than food and your body more than clothing? Look at the birds. They don't plant or harvest or store food in barns for your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you far more valuable to him than they are? So again, as we said before, every time you see a bird, say, I'm more than you. I'm worth more than you. I'm valuable than you. And that's probably the competitive side in me, but I'm better than a bird. Time I see one of those seagulls flying around. I'm better than you, and 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 I'm definitely better than that magpie. <laughs> then verse 27, can all your worries add a single moment to your life? No. And why worry about your clothes? Look at the lilies of the field and how they grow. They don't work or make their clothing. Yet Solomon in all of his glory was not dressed as beautifully as they are. And if God cares so wonderfully for wildflowers that are here today and thrown into the fire tomorrow, he will certainly care for you. Why do you have so little faith in this? Verse 31. So don't worry about these things saying what we will eat, what we will drink, what we will wear. These things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. You know, this is... Um, you know, actually stepping into 30, this was actually, I got real excited about it because I, you know, Jamie said, okay, Joel, for the first, you know, I had the, she said the morning, she said, you have the whole morning off, go and go to the gym, do your thing. So I went, I worked out and then I, one of the other things I really enjoy doing is I enjoy going to the coffee shop and just hear from God. So I sat in uh, Tim Hortons, there I was sitting in Tim Hortons, my French vanilla. And uh, the Lord actually had me read Matthew chapter six. And over and over, I believe it's over nine times, you see Jesus use the word Father. Not God, Father. Your Father knows these things. And he actually said this to me. He said, Joel, I'm your dad. I, like, I've heard that all my life. Yeah, you're my dad. But it just kind of hit me on the inside. I'm your dad. I'll take care of you. Like, I care about you. I desire you. I love a relationship. I love you for who you are. So this is my season where I'm just really finding out my daddy loves me. You know, Ephesians 5.1 in the message, it says, observe, see as significant the way that Jesus loved us. He didn't love in order to get, he loved in order to give everything of himself. So when understanding this, it's a father. So when, the, when Jesus says this in verse um, 32, these things dominate the thoughts of unbelievers, but your heavenly father already knows all your needs. And you can rest in that. What do you need? He already knows. He already, he's very knowledgeable of it. Well, how come I'm not seeing it? You got to trust him. When you're trying to make it happen, I need another job in order to make this thing happen. It shows that there's no trust in God and your trust is in your own self trying to make something happen. He's clearly asking, trust me. That's all Jesus. That was his whole ministry. Yo, guys, trust me. Trust me. It's going to be okay. Uh, we have a daddy who loves you a lot. Trust him. 
Forget about what it looks like here. Forget trying to make things work. Forget toiling and doing all this and trying to make yourself that and trying to be the next millionaire in Red Deer. Stop. Just trust me. I'll get all these things to you. But you got to trust me. And part of that really, and what we found is, is we're trusting God in our finances. He says, give, we give. Is it comfortable? Is it convenient? But he'll never ask you to give something that you don't have. What's in your hand? Let's use it. Next. Verse 33. Then he says, seek the kingdom of God above all else and, and his righteousness and all these things will be added to you. Now, let's turn here real quick. I got about five minutes. John 15. Okay, this sounds good. So how do I stay connected? How do I plug into what the word of God says? How do I plug into him? Well, John 15, Jesus lays it out real clear. Verse 1, he said, I am the true grapevine and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so they will produce even more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I have given you. So remain in me. Yeah. Say remain in me. Remain in me, remain in me, remain in me, and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it is severed from the vine, and you cannot be fruitful unless you remain in me. What is he talking about? My plug. What's he talking about? Is remaining in this word. This is your life. Everything about you is just warmed up in this thing. It's, it's actually weird. This is what's weird. If a Christian is not plugged into this and he's plugged into his money, He's plugged into his job. He's plugged in over here. That's when a Christian starts to look weird. Right. You and I, listen, you got born again. You are a Christian. The only normal activity for you and I now is this. But I, I want to reach the world. If you look like this, this is very attractive. They're going to be running to this. Why? Because people are drawn to strength. There's no strength in this. 1 Timothy 6.17 what did he just say? Don't trust in this. Why? Because it's here today. It's gone tomorrow. It's so untrustworthy. But this is constant. This stays the same every single day. It's the same. No matter what time, no matter who's in government, no matter what takes place, no matter if you lose your job, this remains the same. So you can trust this. And as a result, he'll give all these things added to you. And I'm not just preaching. We're seeing it. <laughs> I'm trusting him. Verse, oh, as we go on. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit. For apart from me, apart from me, what does he say? You can do, this is, this is just you. Produce. Boom. Nothing. Why? Because apart from him, what can we do? Nothing. Then he goes on. Anyone who does not remain in me is thrown away like a useless branch and withers. And I, that word just stuck out. Withers. A branch that's not connected to the vine, it just lays there. And what does it do? <laughs> what happens to Christians when they get away from the word? <laughs> and they get weird. Anybody ever meet a weird Christian before? And why are they weird? Is because they're not connected to this. <laughs> what do they do? They wither. And as a result, they are just dead. And the Bible said, useless branch. It can't produce anything. See some results. And it's... And it looks constipated. And it's just trying to get something out. Nothing is happening. Such branches are gathered into a pile to be burned. But, here's the but. If you remain in me and my words... 
This is where you got to get the words in you. It's not just, oh yeah, that's good. It's got to be living on the inside of you. Get it? It's got to move from the Logos word, which is just the written word, into a Rhema word, which means something that it's alive. It comes alive on the inside of you. You go, I got it. I see it. It's mine. It belongs to me. Listen, anybody ever got one of those words before? What happens? Nobody can take it away. For some of you, you've experienced the healing power of Jesus. Now, if somebody say, Jesus doesn't heal, what do you do? Are you kidding me? I've experienced it. This is mine. Nobody can take it away from you. Why? Because it's not just written word. It's actually living word on the inside of me that by his stripes, I am healed. It's mine. It belongs to me. I don't care what anybody else says. This is real. This is alive. And this is what Jesus is saying to you and I. If you will remain in me and by words, that remain is not just a, oh, cute, just listen to it once in a while. No, it's living on the inside of you. It becomes the way you think, the way that you talk, the way that you act. When it remains in you, ask for anything you want and it will be granted. Jesus said that. This should just shock religion. This shoots a big hole in everything religion does. Religion stinks. Oh, you know, only if God wants me to. Listen, if you are in Him and His words are in you, everything you ask will be in line with His will. You're not going to ask anything outside of it. Why? Because His word is living on the inside of you. And then He said, when you produce much fruit, notice this, then, say then, then you are my true disciples. Oh, I'm a disciple of Jesus. I study the Bible every Sunday. That's not a disciple. What's a disciple? Someone who produces fruit. Somebody who's seen results in their life. Somebody who's extremely blessed. Those fruits reveal, and not only that, but they give great glory to our Father. That's what it is. It's not how loud you can sing and how high you jump during a song. It's what is the fruit that's coming from your life. And how do you get fruit? You remain in Him. And as a result, when I'm plugged into Him, the automatic result is that His words remain in me. And every time I ask for something, it will be granted. Oh God, pretty please, pretty please, but there's none of that. Every time I say something, I just know because my trust isn't in money, it's in the living God. And I have confidence in that. I trust that. Lord, you told me to sow that. I'm believing you. I'm calling in that harvest. That belongs to me. My, that comes to me right now. And as a result, it gets added to you. Christians are working way too hard to get stuff. Stop getting stuff. Let it be added to you. Isn't that a lot easier? Well, I got to work 20 more hours a week in order to get it. Man, he wants to add it to you. Listen, I don't think we understand how good our God really is. It all goes back to our perception of him. Do we see him kind of as a stingy God? You know, short arms and deep pockets? Or is he, man, extremely long arms and deep pockets? He's a loving God. That's who he is. Listen, you can go to any other churches out there and they'll tell you the opposite. But here we talk about God wants you blessed. Why? Because God needs you blessed in order to get His gospel throughout the earth. Why can't Red Deer be the hub for the entire world to hear the gospel? Why not? Who said we can't? All we need to do is trust Him. Now, in closing, Psalm 119 is the frame. I mean, it's an extremely long book. Anybody memorize it gets 20 bucks from me. But it's the picture of someone who is connected to the source. They're connected to the source. And I look at this as David. David said this in Psalm 31, verse 1. He said, Oh Lord, I have come to you for protection. Psalm 123, verse 1. I lift my eyes to you. Psalm 141, verse 1. It says, Oh Lord, I'm calling to you. My eyes look to you. Lord Almighty, I have taken refuge in you. This is a man who clung to God. Who went all into him. Every time a troubled time came, he went right back into God. And who was David? Hey, did he live a blessed life? 
And not only that too, but because he was so blessed, the men that were underneath him were extremely blessed as well. I'm not just talking a cute little hundred bucks here and there. I'm talking billions of dollars blessed. And I'm just going to show you this example. I just, I love David's heart in this. Listen, King David, the man who was completely overflowing with what God did in him such in prosperity. But in 1 Samuel chapter 30, so this is when David went out and he had just wiped out a bunch of Philistines. And uh, they came back three days later when David and his men arrived home at their town in Ziglag. They found that the Amicalites, Amalek, the A's, had made a raid into the N and the Z, and they had crushed Z and burnt it to the ground. They had carried off the women and the children and everyone and everyone else, but without killing anyone. When David and his men saw the ruins and realized what had happened to their families, they wept until they could weep no more. David's two wives, A and G, J and A, oh, the widow and from Carmel, he's had a lot of wives, right? <laughs> They were also captured. Uh, but David now was in great danger because of all of his men were very bitter about losing their sons and daughters. And they began to talk about stoning him. <laughs> okay. I think we need to be serious. They were ready to kill him. Everybody was gone. My wife is gone. My kids are gone. My wives are gone. My kids are gone. David, you're dead. You're, you're the next guy. And so what happened? It says, but David found strength in the Lord his God. What did he do? Tough times came. He, right away, when tough times come, it showcases where you're plugged into. What did he do? But he found strength in the word. He found strength in his God. And as a result, what did he do? He encouraged himself in the Lord. Lord, you are faithful. You are good. And so he grabbed the ephod and he started rejoicing. What does it mean to get, find strength? What do you have to do to find strength? You get real happy in who he is. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So what did he do? He started just rejoicing. God, you are the one that saved me from Goliath. You are the one that rescued me. You're the one that brought me and you anointed me to be king. And he just started remembering everything that God had done for him. And what happened as a result? He grabbed his men. With, with 300 men, he went and he wiped out that whole group that took away all of the wife and children and all the flocks. And he brought them back home safely. How? It's because he's plugged into what God has said. He's connected. He's plugged in. So that's the only thing I wanted to leave with you today is where are we connected? Where are we plugged? Are we connected to this wallet? Is your back pocket, is what you're sitting on, is that the thing that you rely on? Or right here, his word, what he said, is this going to be your final authority? Are the, is there, your bank account going to tell you, oh, no, we don't have, we, we can't sow this, we can't give this, or no, this, things are too tight right now? Or are you going to go with what he has told you? The decision is yours, right? So what we're going to do, this cute little piggy bank is about to get demolished. <clears throat> All right, so this is a, this is a nice one, but um, that's too bad. All right. <laughs> <clears throat> But what we're smashing is money is my source. Can we all sign up together? Is money your source? No, what do we do? We're not looking to money to hook us up. We're not looking to money to see if we're going to make it. Who are we going to? We're going to God. We're sticking with what the Word says. Right? Does I have anybody that wants to smash this or is it just going to be... No, hold on, Scott. Hold on, hold on. You, got, you were here last week. I can't... I can't uh... We need safety glasses. All right, Michelle, come on up here. You got safety glasses. All right, Michelle. 
I never get to break things. No, you're, you've got to clean stuff. But. So, Michelle, by, uh, by smashing this, you're really saying money is not my source. Money's not my source. All right, who can say that with me? Everybody, let's hold up our fist. Money is not my source. Again, money is not my source. Who's your source? <laughs> All right, Michelle. Go on to a count of three. One. Oh, just hold on. <clears throat> Two. Three. Bam! <laughs> Man, so so delicate. Yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly it. We're, we're going to put money in its proper place. So let's just lift our hands just for a moment. Father, right now, we thank you. And we choose you, Jesus, above all things. Lord, you said in your word that no man can serve two masters. So, Lord, we're not looking to serve money. We're not interested in serving it and letting it tell us what we can and cannot do. Jesus, we go to you as our source. We love you. We thank you. You're the one who saved us. You're the one who rescued us. You're the one who took us out of sin, out of darkness, out of depression, out of anger, out of rage. And you brought us into this wide open place of the glorious kingdom of your dear son. Jesus, we trust you with our finances. We trust you with them. You're our father. You care for us. You're the one that teaches us to profit. You're the one that looks out for us. So Jesus, we cast it all over on you. You know, if that's you right now, you got to just take a step of faith that, Lord, I'm trusting you with this. I'm no longer serving money. Money serves me. Say it with me. I don't serve money. Money serves me. Money's my servant. Now listen, keeping that money in its proper place, it causes you to live free and light. Where's the money going to come from? I don't know. I trust God. He said that he'd meet all my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My job is to just simply hear and obey what he tells me to do. Listen, I don't know if you realize this, but money is talking all the time. It's always talking to you. Oh, I don't know if we're going to have enough. You know, Christmas is coming up and things get kind of tight. No, no, no. Don't, don't go there. Look to what he said. Plug into what he said. My God shall meet all of my needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Psalm 23 verse 1 says, the Lord is my, he doesn't, listen, he doesn't say our shepherd. He says, my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. I don't lack for anything. Let that be in your thinking. Let that be your new mindset. Oh, I don't know if I have enough. No, no, no. The Lord is my shepherd. Say, the Lord's my shepherd. He's my shepherd. I have all that I need. Woo. And we trust him. Amen. Thank you, Father. So we love you, Lord. We bless you. In Jesus' name, amen.